Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? It's Terry and Jacob back with another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. And this is going to be a continuation of our previous episode. Not sure what the title is going to be yet, um, but it's that part two. <laughs> and um, I don't think I left the last episode off on a very good note. Um, the Our recording thing was going to end pretty quick, so we decided to, I had to kind of cram. I was focusing more on the meeting about to end than what I was actually trying to say. So a good way to put that was that essentially what I was trying to word last time was just what I was learning from the particularly difficult tasks and weeks I had in that system because there was some variance between the way or Jacob's end results and my end results numerically. Um, I think we got a fairly similar amount of work done all in all that isn't tracked by numbers, but um, that's all fine and dandy. Like that's all, um, yeah, whatever. Um, in this episode, we're going to go over a little bit more of some highlights that we had from the last year that we wanted to talk about and some more actual takeaways and lessons learned. Um, this, I think, is going to be probably my favorite part, going through all the really interesting interesting things we learned about work, about productivity, and about ourselves over the last year, um, because these all came from actual failures Like during, during the year. There would be a week when we would both fail super bad, or when we would both succeed really well, or just... Um, just the the natural course of life over a year like this isn't like it doesn't it didn't feel fluffy like i mean these are all things i recognize from reading in books and hearing in podcasts but it felt more realistic in some sense because it was it came out of the direct conversations of the struggles we were having on a weekly basis like there would be a week when we might both be struggling to sleep so we would come we would realize some kind of useful tip about how sleep is important to one's productivity and how one can prioritize sleep. And these are things you can learn about elsewhere, um, but that just had more meaning in some sense, learning it from within the trenches, I guess is a good way to put it. So um, with that though, we'll, uh, I'll let Jacob kind of open us with some highlights he has in mind, and then eventually we'll get into some cool takeaways for you guys. Yeah. Um, good intro, Terry. I, I think that's a great way to kind of recap what we did and what we're looking to do this episode. I, um, yeah, I want to echo what you're saying there. I think it's, it was super, super cool learning these lessons, like from that first, um, like from with the firsthand experience, uh, that we were able to do it with, because I think we've realized over time, there's books about this, like Ray Dalio's principles book. Um, I've yet to read it, but Terry's told me a lot about it. I'm sure it's one of his favorite books, but that's all about like the the principles he used in his life to get to success um to where he's at and i think there's just underlying principles across society and as human as or how humans function um that allow them to succeed on a high level um and so i think we were discovering some of these principles throughout um this system and that was only possible because we were struggling with something had each other to kind of help figure out um, process and come up with a solution. And then we were able to execute and actually try things out over the course of a year. 
Um, so I would highly, highly recommend doing something similar to this. And um, with that said, I wanted to kind of segue um, this last episode with this episode with a couple of like our, our highlights um, from our 50 weeks of doing this accountability system. Um, we could start off with week 38. Um, it was our spring break um, for both me and Terry, coincidentally. And essentially, uh, we both um, just decided that we wanted to make it a really, really productive week. And we wanted to set some crazy goals that uh, we, I mean, really just wanted to, to go all out this week and see what we can get accomplished. So I think we both set uh, five goals this week. And um, somehow, both of us got all five done, which was just crazy because we had very few perfect weeks in general, just for one of us or like either or, but for both of us to have a perfect week um, on the same week was, was pretty crazy. I mean, it only happened once and it was this week. And just the fact that it was such a um, big, big week was really um, interesting. So nonetheless, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this in general. I just was wondering, Terry, like, what do you think was like the key to success this week that got us both in the right mindset to where we could execute on not just our three goals, but five, no, six goals um, this week? Well, I'm looking at it right now and um, goodness gracious, that looks beautiful. <laughs> um, I think the, it's interesting how this only happened once, but I think there was also one week where um, we failed every single task except for one. Um That'd be interesting to look at as well to see kind of what the differences were there. Um, here, though, so this was spring break. I'm looking at my tasks. For me, this looks like most of for those I mean, people listening to this podcast always can't see what I'm seeing. But what I'm seeing here is most of this personally was work. I was crypto work for my crypto business and that I actually was looking forward to doing because I was coming probably off of the hard week of, of school and probably having put it off for a while and was looking forward to actually maybe a change of pace, a change of work. Um, I don't remember exactly. I wish I could see a weekly, like a day-by-day snapshot of that week in particular to see when I got everything done. Um, obviously, I got it all done in the end, but what's the big, I'm trying to, pull a piece like a nugget out of here real quick i'm curious Shika, what do you see from your work the task that you assigned like what was the big defining feature of it i think you have a valid point there with like work that you um really like we're looking forward to accomplishing and working on um i remember we were planning out this week and we both had um, the whole week off because it was spring break, obviously. And we were both pretty much, we didn't have like plans as far as we're going to go on a vacation or we were going to um, take a trip to go see family. Like we didn't really have any plans. And so I remember we were both thinking like, what do we need to do this week uh, to just feel like really good about the week? And um, we both wanted to take some time off. Um, I believe that was actually one of my goals was to, was to take an entire day off. Um, but then we were kind of looking at it and like, okay, if we have six goals, that means we need to accomplish like one goal a day, essentially. Um, I don't know if that's how we ended up actually doing it, but I remember thinking like, because both of us usually like to take at least one day off a week completely um, if we can. And so I remember thinking, okay, we're going to have six days to work on stuff. We have six goals to get accomplished each. 
I'm assuming I kind of got one done each day. Um, I think that was kind of a big key uh, for me. Ultimately, it was having like a week off from school. Uh, I mean, because we're both, we were both, you know, pretty much midway through our semesters, but gearing up for finals and preparing for that. And so I'm assuming we were just excited about a week off and uh, excited about a week to get stuff done that wasn't focused on school. Um, and, and so I don't know if that played into it, but those would be like a couple of my takeaways. I don't like, I have a huge, uh, yeah, revelation. This is not like a perfect, like super obvious thing, but from hearing what you were recapping, it kind of just, I think a good way to put it is that the, the takeaways we're going to share in a second, were probably mostly implemented all around, like all those takeaways, all those principles we learned were implemented here in this week. And that's what kind of made a successful week. Obviously yeah. it helped that we were on spring break. It didn't have a lot of school and obviously it helped that it was work we enjoyed doing. Um, but I think there was more to it than that. And I think that's kind of what we're going to be diving into to explain real quick is that this list we're referring to is that below our system, our to-do list where we would keep track of all our tasks. We had this thing called things learned and below it, we had a bunch of bullet points and all those bullet points were just like interesting little principles. I guess a good way to put it or lessons learned from struggles and failures throughout the year. And so that's kind of what we're going to be referring to. Jacob, do you want to just dive right into that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think (laughs) that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that, how it's like, it was a culmination of all of the things we had learned coming together for like one week um, to make it super successful. And I even thought about, I said this to you earlier, but I noticed that I had a streak of weeks, weeks 27 through 31, no 30. Um, So four weeks where I had perfect weeks for four weeks in a row, which was really out of the ordinary. Um, But I looked at the timeline of when this was happening and it was, January of this year, 2022. And I can look back now and see that like in January for me, things were just clicking. Like everything had come together that I learned. Um, I remember I wrote a blog post. It was called how I'm crushing life in 2022 and how you can too. Like, that's just how like things were going for me in January. Um, and you could see, like, I was just in terms of the system killing it really for that Um, but obviously it wasn't one thing. It was all the things coming together, um, which is what we're about to dive into. So, um, the first point in our list of things we learned from the system, uh, is to, I mean, I'll preface with saying, we're not going to list all of them. We probably have a hundred things here. I don't know. Um, we went through this call and highlighted the most important things that we think are the most applicable to everyone. And not just like to me and Terry specifically, because we learned a lot about ourselves, but we wanted to like give things to you that are going to be, you know, somewhat practical for you. So anyways, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but the first one is um, setting reasonable goals. And I think that really came from the place of like, what we talked about in the last episode was how Terry and I were not on the same page in terms of setting goals. Um, And Terry was setting goals that were, you know, his frogs, long shots, if you will, um, just didn't, that he didn't have good odds of really completing with what he was actually going to be focusing and pro- prioritizing that week. Um, and so the first lesson is just set reasonable goals for um, what you want to accomplish on uh, any given like part of life. So, I mean, you could look at it as weekly goals, but also think about like setting reasonable goals um, for your annual, 
uh, goals, for your 10-year goals, for all of it. Because I think it's, I don't know, I, I always, it's a tricky uh, area when it comes to goal setting because you want to set goals that are like so crazy that you would like love to accomplish them and of course it's possible to accomplish them but the, at the same time you have to have a uh, good plan on how to actually accomplish those goals um, so if you could take a ginormous goal and break it down into small practical steps that you could do every single day to, to reach that goal amazing that's what we're striving for but if you're setting goals that are so far out there that like really aren't reasonable um, no matter how much work you put in, um, or at least that you could put in on a consistent basis, that's going to be another point we get into. Um, then you probably should rethink how you set goals. So I think that's what we were kind of getting at with that point. But um, Terry, you got anything else to, to say? Yeah, a good way to probably recap or to recap that one would be like set outlandish goals but realistic tasks. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe because like uh, the big like if if you, if all your five ten year your macro goals were realistic, you have a pretty boring life. Um, I think there's a lot of goals I've set that I struggle to see how I'll complete that uh, or like struggle to see like, I mean, it just seems crazy to me, um, but that is completely doable uh, if I put in the work on a daily basis. And now when he says set reasonable goals, he isn't necessarily saying just like move the bar down on your life way down to reasonable um, I think what, where we were more getting at there was uh, on a weekly basis, don't, don't set such absurd tasks that like you're just going to be swamped week in and week out over and over and over and just getting really discouraged because it looks like you keep failing um, without paying attention to how much you can get done in a week or in a day. Because this is something I do all the time. Like this, this is something I'm still trying to ingrain in myself in that at the end of the day, I'll feel upset and I want to even know why. And then I'll reflect and I'll be like, well, I think what's really happening is I'm just not living up to this, to what I'm expecting myself to get done on a daily or weekly basis. And then I'll stop myself and say, are those expectations realistic? Like, am I expecting myself to get done an absurd amount of work that's not going to realistically happen consistently daily? Um, very possibly. Uh, I think that's one thing I would I would struggle with. So it's it's definitely very nuanced. Um, some people who are workaholics and overachievers might re might relate to that. And be like, oh, you know, I probably need to reset my mental or the way I'm approaching that. But other people might not relate at all. They might be like, well, I I really should be setting really. I don't know if outlandish is the right word, but like setting. Maybe they should be pushing their standard and pushing their bar on how, how far they're trying to, how much they're trying to get done in a day or in a week. So it's, it's nuanced, but for the system, particularly on a weekly basis, make sure you set realistic goals. The second principle we wanted to, to, to mention is you need to set up systems before you'll, before you'll be able to function well at anything else. Now, one thing I'm going to mention is these, these principles that we're outlining, some applied more to one of us than the other, or some came from, a particular struggle one of us were having over the other. Um, so Jacob, feel free to add on this by the end if I missed something that you wanted to say on it. Um, but systems are just critical for, and this in, in and of itself is a system, the thing we were using, and it was one of the best things we ever set up. So I think it kind of just speaks for itself. I'm not going to beat a dead horse and go over too much here, 
Um, another great book, if you want to read on principles and systems, would be um, Principles by Ray Dalio. And probably, was it Rocket Fuel? I'm trying to think. I think there's a few good books on this that would highlight it or like that would explain it really detailed. Um, but if I had to say anything, it would just be, I think this system kind of speaks for itself. It's something that we both are really happy we put together and that has super positive impact on, on our lives. And um, that in and of itself is a system. And if you set up more of those in your life, more habits, more routines, um, you'll, you'll achieve bigger and better things. Consistency is huge. That's one thing I learned over the year. Consistency is huge for success. Definitely. Yeah, you're you're spot on with, I think this was, I mean, one of the things I wrote in here that it was more of a takeaway that I had. Um, and I think the context with this was we were setting up, we were both working on kind of coming up with these to-do lists um, that at least I've called my GTD list um, based on the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Um, because I took his book and what he suggests and I turned it into a notion uh, database that really took a modern twist to what he was suggesting. Um, and it's worked really well. I've been using it for the last year since I've set it up. Um, and I, I remember kind of setting something similar up with Terry, helping him do it. I think he's um, used it kind of, but he's also taken his own path with it because the same thing is not going to work for everybody. Um, but what I realized from this was that no matter what system you're going to set up um, for productivity, if you have um, a lot on your plate and need to be more organized and productive with your time, you need to come up with a solid system before you start diving into everything else, right? Like you need to have your plan of how you're going to make your to-do list of how you're going to run your calendar before you can just start doing it, right? I mean, of course you can learn as you go. And that's of course an aspect of productivity, growth in general, but I'm just saying kind of figure out your systems or at least have a plan for your systems before you dive into um, your actual work itself. Um, so the next point is that uh, the your environment is key to getting things done. Um, this is like one of the classic self-improvement, like cliche quotes. Um, of course, we didn't say it exactly how people say it, but like just environment in general for being productive is so, so important. Um, and I think this one probably applies a bit more to Terry than myself, um, just from what I know about him and how he works. And so I don't even have much to say here beyond what the what the uh, quote itself says. So um, you just go ahead and, and kind of explain this one, Terry. It's definitely something I noticed. Um, I struggled with a lot in particularly in college and even actually right now as I'm home because um, environment affects kind of what I'm getting done on a regular basis more than I realized. I've probably recorded plenty of episodes in the past talking about it. Um, don't know of any books off the top of my head that would explain it more in depth, but the gist of it is pretty simple. It's that um, your output, your your work, the maybe even there say the motivation you feel to get your work done um, can be influenced dramatically by your environment. That's pretty obvious. If you're working in a really crowded, noisy uh, environment, whether that's home or somewhere else, and I don't know, imagine trying to work in a cafeteria, I would that would be pretty difficult. Um, 
that is a lot harder than say working in a library, but maybe not. Maybe if you're extroverted and you work better around people, working in a cafe, you get your best work done. Who knows? Uh, maybe that's different than someone who, like myself, would get a lot more work done in a library or now occasionally I can work in a cafe and get quite a bit done there as well. The point is working in my dorm almost never got anything good done. Um, there was just too many distractions. It was a relaxing environment. My bed was in the room. My computer was in the room, like my PC where I have all my games installed. And, and then I'm on there. People are like, Oh, Terry's online. Let's you know play a game. <laughs> Things like that. Just plenty of distractions. And so this was critical uh, last semester was spending at one point I was failing several classes um, last semester and probably one of the biggest things that turned that around was I got out of my dorm and I spent more time in the library and so that's just that speaks for itself um, I think it matters more than we give it credit for to give a quick recap here though um, principle number one Set reasonable goals, set reasonable tasks, I guess is a better wording for it. Set reasonable tasks. Principle number two, set up systems so you can function better in life. Principle number three, environment is key to getting things done. And then principle number four is that sleep is incredibly important to productivity and functionality. Now, this is something I have struggled with more than Jacob, but Jacob has had a couple stints in the last year when he was like running on low sleep and felt the uh, the results of that in his daily life. Um, but this is something I took completely for granted before starting college. And I remember as a kid, when I'd be going to, I don't know how young I was, but I'd be going to bed at like, you know, eight, nine or 10 PM or whatever time it was. And I'd be like, man, I can't wait till I'm older and I could just stay up as late as I want. And going into my freshman year of university, my first semester was pretty good. My sleep schedule was fine, but the following semesters got pro progressively worse in that I was up later getting up before classes running on five six seven hours seven hours pretty good but like normally um between six and four hours of sleep is what I was probably running on on average per night and it sucked it really did suck um during finals of my last semester or a period of time there I was probably having monster energies a couple times a week just to try to keep myself going and I think I learned a lot from that. It definitely taught me to appreciate uh, how much sleep matters in your life. It's something I still haven't perfected. Um, but I took a trip to Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago and we were on a pretty strict, not strict, but like we were on a schedule there going to bed by a certain time because we were exhausted from all the work we were doing and then getting up at a um, certain time to get work started. And that routine helped a lot. That was like a good way to, end a really bad semester with a great week uh, with a proper sleep schedule integrated. And it just gave me so much more energy throughout the day. And when I came back from that trip, um, it would just blow your mind about how much this matters. Now, some of you who have great sleep schedules are really like, yeah, why is he rambling on this so much? But like, this is something I'm, I'm even still working on. I think it's gotten better. It has. Um, but I know a lot of teens who are up to 2, 3 a.m. in the mornings on their phone, on social media, on games or whatever it is. And I've been there. I've been there for a while and it sucks. It really does. And it might feel like you can't break that habit, but I would highly encourage you. It's probably one of the most critical things. One of the most important things, if you're struggling with it, particularly, um, if you're struggling with it, it's one of the most important things you could work on to 
just help your mood in general um, going forward. So I'll, I'll cut myself off there. <laughs> but that's principle number four that I learned very, that learned had a lot more importance in my life than I gave it credit for than a year ago. Definitely. I think it's kind of a controversial um, topic a little bit because I know like um, there's some people in the self-improvement space or more so in like the hustle culture space that are like, uh, you know, you can't sleep, like sleep's for losers, like, you know, sleep when you're dead, you know, like if you've got stuff to do, you can't sleep, you know, and um, I've had mentors in my life who believe that and um, maybe have success with that. I think um, there's just differences in obviously different people. And we've, we've said before, like there are some people who can function on very little sleep. Odds are it's not you. Uh, like, I don't know what the stats are. I forget, but yeah, like you're most likely just not one of those people who can function well without sleep. So just, just assume that you're not, and then pretend um, that you just need to get, you know, at least seven, I think they recommend like seven to nine hours of sleep. Um, I usually can function above seven, anything below seven, and I'm going to see impacts with my um, productivity and functionality. So I, I, I mean, I know things are different for, for different age ranges as well. Like I know, um, obviously growing up, if you're in school, you have like more of a set sleep schedule because your parents are probably forcing you to go to bed by time, by a certain time. Um, college was the thing that like changed that for me as as terry just said like once you get to college there's nobody telling you when to go to bed and that's um a blessing in some sense but a curse in a lot of other senses uh so essentially i really started to struggle just with like that sleep schedule um that college doesn't force you into but i feel like it's just so so easy uh to stay up much later wake up much later at the college level um, which isn't necessarily bad as long as you're getting enough sleep. But I just know so many college students who just aren't getting enough sleep and they're seeing um, effects in other areas of their life. And so it's just, it's just harder in college. But then, you know, once you get through that, maybe it's a little bit easier as an adult. I know the older you get, the less sleep you you need generally um, to get by. And so just take this one with a grain of salt based on where you're at in life, but just know that we, um, we've struggled with it. And it's been one thing that we've realized is super, super important. So um, as a segue into the next point, I also wanted to mention that like, if you're listening to these first four points and you're like, these are all basic and they're kind of like easy, um, or like no brainer, like, of course, these are things you should do for your life to succeed. Um, I just want to say that the way that we're reading these off is in order that we kind of wrote them down and realized them. So you're basically seeing like a year's worth of um, progress being compressed into like a couple podcast episodes. And so these were things we were learning in like the first few weeks in our, in our system when we were both, what? Mm, I think we were both 18 at the time, I want to say. <laughs> um, so just still fairly young, obviously we're 19 now. So not like much older, but I'm just saying like, everyone has like that progress or evolution with their productivity, success, whatever you want to call it. And these were things we were just learning at the time. So maybe if you're at like a younger um, stage in your life than us, then maybe these are news to you and, and you are starting to, to, to learn some things and realize what you should be doing versus if you're older than us or have already gone through this stuff, then stay tuned, you know, for the 
upcoming episodes because um, we're going to go ahead and you know tackle some things that we've learned um, more recently. So I think what we'll do maybe is we might go through one or two more points that maybe we'll cut for a final third episode um, just to try to make this uh, quick and easy for you guys. So um, that said, point number five, principle number five is that uh, radical change is not um, feasible. Oops, sorry, one sec. Not feasible uh, in the long term. You need to set sustainable goals and habits. This is very similar to the very first principle we talked about of setting reasonable um, or realistic tasks. But I think what we were realizing is we had, I think where this came from is it was Terry was trying to make some drastic changes to his sleep schedule. Um, going from like an average um, bedtime of who knows, three or four in the morning, sometimes later to like midnight. And we were realizing that he needed to take it back at a slower pace, maybe start with like getting to bed by two and then by one and then by midnight. Um, but it really applies to kind of all areas of life where you could look at, I have this goal of where I want to get, um, but you can't um, just go from point A to point B like that, I guess there's some sort of like smaller changes that need to uh, occur over time. That's going to allow you to build up and get to that point where that's actually achievable. Um, so that's kind of where I think it came from, but Terry, go ahead and um, share any more thoughts that you have about where this possibly came from. Yes. I got the idea from a book called the motivation biz, excuse me, the motivation myth by Jeff Hayden. And um, I've noticed this doesn't apply to every task I write down. Like sometimes I'll write a task like um, write a Bitcoin research paper um, that I just had the motivation to do and I do it and it's you know done and done. But there's other tasks like write a particular blog post uh, that I'm dreading and rather than just sitting and staring at that frog for hours and hours or for days and days and weeks in and out, um, what this principle is really saying is that, uh, for example, Rather than making your goal write an entire blog post, make it write one sentence. It's about setting like such a micro goals that it's impossible to say no to it or to not do the goal because it's just so ridiculously small. But just by the action of doing it, by just completing that micro goal, you'll get a little inkling of motivation. You'll have already sat down and uh, begun working on it. And that'll just snowball into actually completing the rest of the task. So for example, it might look like if you're writing a paper, like a school paper, um, tell your, like set the goal as not write the school paper, but just outline the paper. Um, if you're trying to build a gym habit, rather than saying complete a workout three times a week, maybe start by saying, um, I'm trying to think, I guess it depends. This gets nuanced on whether if you're working out at home or whether you're working out at a gym, how this might look. But say, for example, you're doing an at-home workouts um rather than saying work out x amount of times per week or this is a task already on your to-do list you'll just say do a push-up right because by getting down to do a push-up you do the push-up you feel accomplished and now you're already there to do the rest of your workout so it's it's it doesn't, it doesn't apply um i guess it does apply almost universally but i don't use it um all the time it's i use it more for accomplishing and completing getting the ball rolling with particularly hard tasks that I'm 
just really dreading. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode with one last point here, point number six or principle number six, uh, which is to wrap up work earlier in the day and to take the nights off. Um, kind of the, the principle we were getting this from is that we noticed uh, if we we're entrepreneurs, so we're kind of self-employed and we're also students. So we don't necessarily have like a regular nine to five job, but we noticed that if we weren't very intentional with when we cut our work off or if we cut our work off at all, then it would kind of blur and mix with our sleep. We'd end up staying super, like staying up super late to try to get even more work done, or we wouldn't get it done earlier in the day. It was conflicting with time to hang out with family and friends and to do other things. Uh, it just overall led to a more stressful day and a stressful life in, in general. And so we saw the value of having a defined life and work schedule, kind of separating those two things. Um, and what that kind of looked like for us was just setting a particular time by when we wanted to end our work and kind of almost treating our schedules like a nine to five. So we'd get school done earlier in the day and we would end all work things by say 6 p.m. By 6 p.m. we'd have supper um, we might do some reading or some other habits we have, but we would really have that time to hang out with family and to build those relationships and do fun things to energize us for the next day. Because, um, you can't work all day. It's, it's no fun. Like you can, you can be a go-getter. You can get a lot done, but it's important to prioritize relationships with other people. And uh, this was one of the ways through which we did that. Um, we also, at the end of the workday, we would kind of do a wrap up like a workday end of workday routine, which is kind of just wrapping the workday up, setting tasks for the following day and other things like that. But um, Jacob, anything you want to say on that last point there? Yeah, no, I'll just kind of echo what you said. I think you um, really summarized it. Well, I, we both realized, I think that structure is good um, for your day. I think there's obviously a reason why nine to fives are structured from the hours nine to five. And I think based on like how humans operate, those are good times for humans to work. And that like eight hours a day is a good amount of time. Um, there's been studies that have shown that if you work more than eight hours a day for a long period of time, it's just not going to be sustainable. And you're actually not even that much more productive um, passed around. I think it's 55 hours a week. So if you were working, you know, eight hour more than eight hours a day, every day, you, I mean, I'm including weekends on this, um, then you would be kind of past that point. So it was essentially realizing we don't need to work all day. It's just not going to be sustainable. Um, so let's add some structure to it. Um, it's also helpful just for like wanting to enjoy your evenings um, with like the stress or without the stress of having work to still accomplish. Um, and so what we would do, uh, like Terry said, is I would have a routine that I would kind of go through my day, get any final things wrapped up. I would, you know, basically plan out my day, my next, my uh, next day in my calendar, uh, figure out what tasks I'm going to work on, that kind of thing. And that just allows your mind to kind of shut off from work and move on to leisure, relaxation, that kind of thing. So you're not super stressed about, um, you know, stuff that you still have to do. I know one thing that um, like really weighs me down is when I know I have something that I need to work on, but I'm not working on it it just like starts to weigh on me whether consciously or not where I, um, what, it, whether it's stress or it's just like the, the feeling of knowing that there's more to do and I'm not working on it. Um, cutting off your, your work day and saying, okay, this is good for now. Um, I'm, I'm done 
for the time being. It's just really helpful for um, your health and well-being, honestly. So what we kind of realize is if you can compress your work day down to like eight hours, I mean, assuming you sleep eight hours, you're awake for 16 hours. And so then if you take about half of that and say, I want to work for about half my day, eight hours, and then I want my other eight hours to be spent on leisure, personal activities, relaxation, whatever, um, whether that's eating meals, um, doing other habits, working out, whatever, just stuff that's kind of going to build you up in different ways or re- let you rest and relax, um, that kind of thing. I think it's a pretty good structure for people to follow and just compressing that work down to that eight hour time um, really forces you um, to work harder throughout your day. Cause let's say you have um, work to do throughout the day, but then, you know, like I'm, I have all day to do, to do this. You might not start until 8 PM at night. And then you're like, crap, I now have to stay up till midnight to get my stuff done. Um, you know, I should have started earlier, but in hindsight, if you're like, no, I'm going to wrap my work up by 5 PM, 6 PM, then you're starting your work um, probably in the morning to get it done out of the way. And then you could truly relax in the evening. So that was something that like really, really helped me. I haven't been the best about sticking to it. It's a really, really hard habit to stick to if you're like a motivated and driven person and have a lot of work to do all the time. It's hard to tell yourself, you know, stop and actually take a break for now. Um, but when I did implement that, I could tell you like, that's when I was truly at my best. And like, just even with my friends and family, they could notice um, they didn't exactly know why I was in like a better space, but I'm just in a better space when I can wrap up my work, be done for the day and know like now it's just time to hang out, chill and spend time with friends and family. So um, anyways, <laughs> I kind of rambled on that point, but that's like a really, really important one for me. Um, but with that said, we're about halfway through the points we want to mention here. So we're going to cut this episode here and we're going to pick up for one final episode, part three of this series. Um, where we're going to give you the rest of the takeaways um, essentially from our, from our system. Uh, and uh, that said, thank you guys for listening. Um, stay tuned and we will uh, see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.